0: Hi, I'm Christina Vovas. And I'm Christine Fredheim. And this is the Friend of Jimmy podcast, a show about finally uncovering what happened to Jimmy Hoffa through the help of psychic medium, Christine Fredheim, in our journey to fulfill his wish to find his body. Welcome to the Friend of Jimmy podcast, episode one where we take you back to February of 2019 with my very first interview with Christine. Can we talk about the first time Jimmy spoke to you?
1: Well, the first time he spoke to me was last year when I stayed in L.A. Um, I was currently working on another project, which I needed help with, and that's when he stepped in. And he came in as one of like the top three clearest spirits I've ever seen. Like I could see details and I could sense him very strongly. And he kind of started like from a little bit of a far from me and then just kind of gliding towards me and it just became clearer and clearer of who it really was. And I saw is Jimmy Hoffa, and I felt honored. But it's not the first time that I've worked with um, high-profile spirits, if I can say it like that. It sounds really weird here on Earth, thinking that I like do all these celebrity ghosts. (laughs) But in heaven, you we are all connected, so it doesn't really matter what you accomplish, what you. You know how much money and fame you had those things kind of strip away but when you have a soul connection that's the only thing that's real and that's what I feel I have with Hoffa among other people and um, I feel honored that he sought me out to help him with this case.
0: How does he look? (laughs)
1: He looked short. I was like, wow. Um, No, he looked really handsome and really firm and um, really put together, but also really fast down to business. Mm -hmm. Like, this is how we do it. And I... I wouldn't consider Hafa as a person that you would sit down with and have long talks about love.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> it's more about like, how can we get these guys and how can we make money? How can we hustle? How can we make this, you know, a better place? Because uh-huh. his inspiration for his work really is based on seeing his mother struggling after his father passed away. Uh-huh. And um, so I think that his intentions with all the things that he did really came from that that love he had for his mom, Mm -hmm. that he didn't want other people to have to go through what he had to go through and make a change. And it didn't really matter where he went. Even in prison, he was helping people, trying to make a better organized way of living so people can have more peace and and more justice. So, yeah. So he came forward and then he said um, he wanted to help if I helped him and I said, what do you need? Like, what can I do? And he's like, you need to find my body. And I said, okay, well, okay. And then I was immediately shocked that he wanted me to do such a big job, but he made it sound so easy. And I put on uh, the TV and I started looking at documentaries and just getting to know more about Jimmy Hoffa To me, Jimmy Hoffa has also been, uh, he's been like a little whisper in my life Mm -hmm. where I've been watching, I watched the movie Hoffa with Jack Nicholson years ago and that's when I said to myself, oh, how cool would it be to find his body? But then I was like immediately thinking, no, that's the impossible dream, you know. Mm -hmm. But there was stuff like that happening and, and Jimmy is incredibly... He reminds me so much of my grandfather, both in energy and also the way that he looks. Mm -hmm. So I felt the recognition with that similarity. And um, yeah, so I sat down and I watched documentaries. And then I'm like, show me, where are you? And we came over the building of the Renaissance in Detroit. And then he immediately say, oh, you found me. And I'm like, okay, where? And he said, where they raised the flags. And that's when I just wrote down those notes. And we started investigating what really happened to Hoffa to see if there were any more clues that can validate that location, which there
0: are. Right. So far, we found two other people that claim he's in the Renaissance Center. One is Michael Yarbrough, who claims that he was at the Renaissance Center, which was a construction zone at the time, and states that he saw Hoffa get dropped into the building about 10 hours after he disappeared on July 30th, 1975. We found this in an article in GangsterReport.com by Scott Bernstein. Also in that article is another claim from Marvin the Weasel Elkind, He states that he knows firsthand that Jimmy Hoffa is in the Renaissance Center. There's even a YouTube video of him talking about this, where he says that him and Tony Jack Jackaloni were crossing the street. Tony Jack pointed to the building and said, say hello to Jimmy Hoffa. Marvin Elkind also states that that very day after Hoffa disappeared, workers were rushed to the scene of the Renaissance Center to pour concrete. Okay, anyway, back to your story, Christine.
1: Uh, he's been around me now for so long after after we had this agreement that I was going to help him out that he even helps me with my readings. And when I do readings, when he's he's my... When he's my communicator, uh, the readings are usually very fast, very prompt, <laughs> and very like non-sensitive. So. <laughs> but efficient, for sure. So yeah.
0: he'll help you with a client. Say a client comes mm-hmm. and needs help with a relationship yeah. or whatever it may yeah. be, or business is yeah. probably more likely. Yeah. He'll come in and say, Definitely. this person needs to know this.
1: Yeah it's really hysterical because it's like my dad doesn't have a filter so my dad is my my spirit guide who helps me with all my readings and he he would not have filter and just say it as it is and then I kind of need to make it sensitive to my client but is mm-hmm. even worse <laughs> can you say some things he said Uh, well it's a lot about if people are lazy Uh yeah it's like no you got to do the work if you're gonna get anywhere you can't sit here and think that feeling sorry for yourself or whatever is gonna get you anywhere you have to work nothing comes for free so he's very very old-fashioned in his way of looking at you know the work ethic you have to do the work Yeah.
0: And then you have to then translate it into your sweet language. You
1: know, maybe not couch every day that you take (laughs) baby steps minute by minute, you know, to make a change. And he's like, no,
0: that's not what I said.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So yeah. yeah, trying to be sensitive with my clients seems to be the biggest challenge sometimes. (laughs) <laughs> and not the medium part, yeah. but the sensitivity part. But yeah.
0: That's that's hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> if people only knew Hoffa was helping you on their case. Yes. Can
1: you imagine the people that talk to me? They don't know that Hoffa has been channeling with me.
0: So everyone you're seeing and communicating with, he's aware of as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So he's aware of this. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Hope that wasn't part of our technical
1: difficulties this morning. <laughs> oh, no. He loves this. He uh, loves the attention. Oh, uh, yeah? Yes. Okay. Uh, oh, he loves having the feeling of not being forgotten. Mm-hmm. And justice is all about it, even if it's about him or other people. He's so supportive of it. Um, because we're doing it with love. Mm-hmm. I'm doing it with my whole heart. And I think that that makes it a
0: different. I'm not trying to ride anyone's wave here. I just... Want to help and then is there anything besides finding his body that he wants people to know about him
1: that 's a good question. What do you say, Hoffa He wants the way that he run used to run things to still be as today, where people have benefits, where people have a chance. Even when they get sick, he's saying like more like Norway, you know, where when we are having hard times or when we go through traumatic things, we have a health care that can help with that. It's I get that he's telling to me that he wants everybody to give something To help everyone so that we're Mm. in it together and not isolate and not look at poor people as they're less valued, whatever it is, because everyone can do something. Every little thing you can pay it forward. And I know that's said a lot, but that's what he means. Everyone can do something for us all to stick together more. It's the isolation part he doesn't want.
0: Wow. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Mm.
1: Wow, That was Jimmy Hoffa, you guys. I didn't didn't
0: (laughs) expect to be interviewing Jimmy Hoffa. Oh, man. So you know he's in the Renaissance Center, and then you fly from Norway to Detroit. Can you tell us about that?
1: Well, I flew into Detroit, and I stayed about a mile away from the Renaissance so I could just walk there. And it was weird because when I woke up, I knew I needed to stay a little longer and. hotel till the afternoon Mm -hmm. for some reason i just felt like i needed to get a little bit more of that i was actually in detroit because it was a long travel and yeah just to settle in but then i just immediately knew oh now i need to go Mm -hmm. and i started walking and i'm like okay give me just validate to me constantly that you're here with me because it's it's a big project and Jimmy's been already there since I got off the plane. So, But the interesting fact was the guy that murdered Jimmy was also there. And they were walking like they were friends again, like they were in real life.
0: Okay, so you said his friend is with him that killed him. That's Frank Sharon?
1: Yeah. Hoffa had me reading the book, I Heard You Paint Houses by Charles Brandt. This is a book based on Sharon's confession um, about murdering Hoffa. And while reading it, Hoffa and Sharon confirmed that this is the true story. This is what really happened. And, um, yeah, so Sharon is the guy that murdered him. And he said to me that he also had karma to clear up. That's why he's helping with this case. So I'm walking with these two guys and, um... I probably walked about a few minutes and then I saw a sign saying Monroe and I'm working on the Marilyn Monroe project. So that that was just a fun coincidence. And then two birds came flying in my face and it's wintertime, it's so cold. And I'm like, these birds, where are they coming from? And almost when I had reached destination, I was going to cross the road and I had to wait for it to turn green. Then this um, intoxicated man came over And I was alone. There wasn't a lot of people around. And he started talking to me and wanted to touch me. And I felt like, I felt scared. I'm in Detroit by myself. I'm this little blonde girl, you know, (laughs) dilly-dallying, waiting for the green man to cross the roads. And as he was trying to reach me and touch me, a cop car came around the corner and started, you know, um, looking at him. And then he just ran off so i felt like so much protection and then i came to the renaissance and i see the front entrance right in front of me and he said go inside and i'm like can i go inside because i i had no idea because i Mm -hmm. thought some part of it is the hotel and then you have the gm side and then you have starbucks and all of those things but I'm like, I can't go inside. I, I think I need ID and stuff like that. And then I just saw his spirit from the inside because it's glass and waving at me saying like, come on. Wow. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm just going to act like a dumb tourist because I took my camera on me and I just pretended like I was, you know, looking around. And okay, I walk in and I'm like, Whew, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm safe. There's no security check here. People are walking around and I'm like, perfect. I can just blend in. And we walked straight for a few feet, and then I have to turn um, to the right. And I felt it really strongly, and and he was walking in in front of me as well. And then we turned to the right again, and then I all of a sudden walked all the way into a corner, and I was standing in front of the wall. And I'm like, is this here? And I start, when I do house cleanses... I noticed like when there's a lot of spirits or when there's a lot of energy, my heart starts pounding really heavy and it gets hard to breathe. And I just, I start like getting a little bit of a shake. Like I had too much coffee kind of Mm -hmm. feeling. And, uh, so I step in and I get that overwhelming feeling and I'm like, Oh, hello. Is this the spot? And then the other reaction was like, was it that easy? And I stepped out of the corner and then I'm like, I feel fine. I feel fine. And then I stepped in again and then started, you know, pounding. Bahafa was just standing in front of the wall with his friend that murdered him. <laughs> and they stay there. They wouldn't want to move. And then they said to me, we're going to be here till we see you next time. So we're going to guard this place. So I needed this to be validated even more because, again, I want to make sure. So I called my my psychic that mm-hmm. I speak with, Eva, who I love so much. And she's she goes through everything I go through. Mm-hmm. And um, I called her and she said, you're in the room now, aren't you? And I'm like, yes. And she's like, walk out of the room. And I walked out and she's like, can you feel that difference? So she had the same experience that I had on the phone. And I really said to her, was it that easy? Was it really that easy? Like. Wow. That to me seems a bit scary when something is easy because then I think, oh, maybe I'm wrong, you know, because I'm used to fighting for everything so, so much. But when I walked out from the Renaissance, I walked home alone. Jimmy wasn't with me. It was at the Renaissance and he's, you know, he's guarding the place with his friend. Uh, he comes to visit every now and then, but it isn't as it used to where he will be with me almost all the time. And that is kind of what I feared because I'm having a bit of separation (laughs) anxiety because you spend so much time with this person. You get to know his energy so much and working together and all of that, knowing that that's going to end. That's pretty upsetting, but also I know why I'm doing it, but I'm being a bit selfish too Mm because I love having him around, but Um, yeah, so that's where we're
0: at right now. So if we find out, hey, FBI wants to hear from you, we're gonna go investigate, Mm -hmm. you fly back from Norway, and yeah, yeah, okay, then what happens?
1: Um, so the first thing we need to do is to go in with an uh, archaeologist with a ground penetrating radar. And within two hours, we will be able to detect, um, if there would be anything in the wall, like remains, you would be able to see that very clearly on in, in the scan. And um, then this will be a crime
0: scene and will have to be opened up. So it's to actually tear tear yes. into the building, the, get mean, him out. Yeah, it's going to be I'll a
1: crime call. scene where they have to open the wall. Wow. Yeah.
0: To be continued. <laughs> yes. And you won't be able to see Hoffa again until then or Well yeah, he stops by, but it okay. isn't it isn't that
1: intense as mm-hmm. it used to be.
0: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And then one last thing. When you find his body when it's discovered, his yeah. name is
1: Then he wants to have a plaque on the wall in gold. But I don't know if it's like in real gold.
0: I'm not mm-hmm. paying for that. <laughs> <laughs> you will have to work that out. <laughs>
1: Well, yeah, we can have some donations uh, coming in for that. But uh, yeah, he wants to have a gold plaque in memory of for his first resting place. And I see flowers are going to be there and it's going to be a little bit of like a memorial uh, uh, feeling there, I guess, for a little while. And there's going to be a funeral. He showed me like a proper one with his Mm -hmm. actual remains in. And yes. And do we know why it's there? Or
0: how that happened?
1: Well, wondering. yeah, when he was murdered, uh, the people that was involved were told that they were going to put him in the recinerator. what is called, when you burn the body?
0: Oh, incinerator? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm, and, but there was some change in that plan And I feel like the guy who was behind the murder, not the one doing the shooting, but the boss, um, Frank Sharon, he is the one that shot and killed Hoffa, but the hit was ordered by mafia boss Russell Bufalino, and it was Russell Bufalino that wanted to have some sort of trophy almost. So they buried him in the building, and that just makes me so sick. That someone can be so incredibly cruel to own a body like that. Wow. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Okay, I guess that's our signal to go. (laughs) You have another appointment. Yes. Okay, to be continued. To be continued. You've been listening to the Friend of Jimmy podcast. Subscribe now so you don't miss an episode. Yes. In our next episode, we're going to hear more from Jimmy, why he needs his body found now, why Christine is the one he came to for help, and he'll also explain some things about life on the other side. Stay tuned. You're going to want to hear it.